Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's episode was recorded on December the 14th, 2021. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me, as always, my online sex robot virtual porn man. Ew. <laughs> it's nice uh, it's, when it's nice. Uh, not in this case, no. Uh, uh, caffeine director, no. Nope, 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 nope. No, no, uh uh-uh. no, no. <laughs> Anyways, on today's show, we will, of course, be discussing the games that we played. We're going to take a look at the Game Awards, which happened this past week. Kiana Reeves on players modding Cyberpunk 2077 in order to have sex with him. Quote, it's always nice when it's nice. We'll also have a uh, couple of articles or a couple of topics sent in to us for Community Corner. Uh, Roblox is a mess, part two, and Activision is union busting. Also, if time allows, we will have a Steam Discovery queue, which I forgot to put in the show notes. Uh, And as always, timestamps will follow their respective topics. Hello, Rage. Hello. How are you? Well, a little creeped out now, (laughs) but but that's kind of part of the course around you. Yeah, I got to get you creeped out. I've been kind of low energy. Trying to pump up that energy. I was I was telling you, and then I think this was in after we turned on. Or no, this was, I think, before we got Craig in. That I had a very busy day, and I came home. And after I ate dinner, I just laid down and went to sleep. You for, mean your bacon. I, I had bacon for dinner, yeah. So I was, I, I was going to have some chicken for dinner. I, it was just me eating dinner by myself tonight. I was going to have some chicken. It was in the fridge. And I remembering my past experience where I got food poisoning from eating chicken that was a little off. I, uh, I sniffed the chicken and it was quite rancid. So I chucked that and, uh, went on, um, DoorDash and had bacon delivered to me and I cooked a pound of bacon for dinner and that's what I had for dinner. And then I went to sleep. So, you know, artery clogging goodness followed by a wonderful nappy. And I, I forgot to set an alarm, so I woke up and I panicked because I didn't know what time it was. And I mean, I made it. Obviously, I'm here. We're doing the show now. I made it, but I was I was a, a wee bit late compared to when I usually am on and, and ready to go. <laughs> yeah, and I was just sitting here, uh, not in chat, but you know, pa- copying, pasting things and sipping my coffee, as I do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. Did I ask how you were, or did I just like dive into that? How I are think you? You just, uh, uh, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, fair enough. Fair enough, sir. Glad uh, after, you're okay. After your story, just right. Right. Not much of a story, really. Not a lot to tell. Busy uh, day. Anecdote. How about that? Yeah, my anecdote. A lot of therapy clients. Um, you know, it's the holidays. Everybody's stressed out over their holiday stuff. My boss is bipolar and like pitched a hissy today and i'm just like nope i'm gonna nope out of that i'm just gonna go in here (laughs) well so far this week i've just you know uh started cleaning out the freezer and the uh, fridge of uh random shit yeah made a made a bunch of uh well poultry stock i have like a gallon of it now 
Turns out, yeah, a couple chicken or yeah, a couple chicken carcasses, uh, uh, the bones from the Thanksgiving chi- uh, turkey makes a lot of, uh, makes a lot of stock. It cleared out uh, some uh, vegetables that needed to get used. Yeah, get up my big stock pot, the whole the twenty quarter, and just let simmer. Nice. Well, it is nice when it's nice. It's nice when it's nice. Yeah, baby. Uh, I think that's going to be the show uh, title this week. It has to be, right? It's nice when it's nice. All right. So, um, do the games. I played some. You played some. Yeah. Do you want to sandwich your game in between my games? Uh, sure. Let's give a chance for an actually decent game. <laughs> All right. So, I'm going to be having, a, I guess, a greatest hits, because I've talked about both of these games in the past, but every once in a while, when it comes to early access games, I will come back and play them again and check them out. Um, well, and, this is still our access, it looks like. Yeah. So Dyson Sphere Program. I talked about this game um, earlier this year. I think I got it in February and played it for, you know, a dozen, two dozen hours. Um, what the game is at its core is a factory um, building game. You are a, uh, like, advanced, you know, robot mech thing and you start off in a solar system um, and try to have sex with keanu reeves try to have sex with keanu reeves you know you start off in a solar system on a planet um that's sort of i guess earth-like or or maybe just you know like a tropical type planet and um you're you know gathering resources to build some basic parts and do some research which lets you you know, gather resources faster and build more advanced parts and do more advanced research and sort of so on and so forth. And in this style of game, um, and your goal is to create a Dyson sphere around this, the solar system star. Um, and for anyone who doesn't know what uh, the theoretical idea behind a Dyson sphere is you completely encapsulate a, a star, um, with power yeah, in that episode of star Trek, right? with power collecting technology, you know, solar panels or, or some other type of way to harvest that star's energy. And by completely surrounding it, you capture 100% of that star's energy output. And the sort of game lore reason behind this is that your civilization is a uh, uh, Kardashev level three civilization that has shifted its population to like all virtual worlds. But the population is so immense, like they need continual sort of increase of resources and, and power in order to manage and run these virtual instances where all of their people live. And so, you know, you're just one of many robots that's been sent out into the galaxy to perform this operation of, of building power collection uh, stations to beam power back to sort of like, you know, the the mother brain cluster or whatever you want to call it of, of virtual worlds. Like that's, you know, that's sort of yeah, the they're all mining Bitcoin. This. Yes. <laughs> they're all mining Bitcoin in their virtual and, and uh, VR and, worlds and, and, and trading NFTs. <clears throat> oh no. Space NFTs. Um, the game was quite robust whenever I played it before. Um, certainly there were issues um, primarily in translation. Uh, the game I believe is, is being developed by a, 
Um, their English is not their native language. I think I, I want to say China, like this is a Chinese company. I could be wrong on that. I could be misremembering, but definitely English was not their first language. There was, there was a great deal of English in, in this game. Um, and then there were some technical issues. It was earlier and early access. The tech tree hadn't been fully flushed out, stuff like that. And, uh, here we are, uh, nine, 10 months down the road since I played it before. And many of those things have been fixed and expanded upon farther. So, you know, the English has been, for the most part, corrected. Uh, additional tutorials and improved voice acting has been added, as well as improved uh, tooltips. Um, you know, if you're someone like me who has played Factorio and Satisfactory and, you know, tons of Minecraft and tons of you know, transport sims and logistic type games like you could figure it out before, certainly. But sometimes things were unclear and required required some trial and error. And uh, now just things are much more clear and easy to understand. So that's that's good. That's helpful. Um, the tech tree has been expanded. Things that were missing have been added because before you could see like, you know, a, a thing branching off and it had like a placeholder text and it was like this, you know, this is work in progress will be added in the future. There are still some of those, but much fewer of them. Um, there's been a lot of additional research added as well, especially in terms of like performing upgrades on your your Mac. Um, there have been a lot of things added, uh, some cosmetic stuff like now you can paint your Mac whatever color you want. Um, oh, time for the uh, uh, eye searing pink. Absolutely. I did pink and purple. How did you know? I was like, um, I've been around you for a bit. I've done I've actually done a bunch of different colors. Uh, you can do like a primary color, a secondary color and a tertiary color. And then the the thing has lights and you can choose different light colors for different light clusters. I mean, you could if you wanted to have it be like six completely different colors, which I did do once. But my current color scheme is purple and green. Um, but, it, you know, you can just change that at any time. It doesn't cost you anything. Um, and then they've just really fleshed out the game um you've got a it now whenever you are sitting in the main menu um you can see stats for all of the players um you can see a represent or you can see a map of the entire milky way and different solar systems that people have uh been working on building up and colonizing like different or different clusters of systems you can see how your progress compares to other people this sort of ongoing rising global or I guess galactic total for energy and stuff. I don't know if that's going to do anything. I don't know if like at some point, like, you know, there's sort of like a, maybe a meta game going on here where that as all the players like build up, there are changes that would be neat. I don't think I've seen anything in any of the dev material about that. So I'm not necessarily like trying to build it up that that's what they're doing, but it would be a, a neat way to use all of that collected data in a fun and interesting way. Um, you could, but before you could travel to different planets in your solar system, I th think you could use, uh, like a warp drive to travel to a couple of nearby stars and like further expand. But now the default sort of quote unquote map is 32 stars and you can expand it up to 64. So you can build massive sprawling, you know, Dyson sphere you know, Dyson Swarm type networks. Now, now can you put a Dyson Sphere around your Dyson Spheres? 
<laughs> Dyson Spheres all the way down. So I, I, I'm back to where I was the first time that I played. Um, I'm getting ready to launch my first solar panels to orbit a star. So there's, there's a Dyson Sphere, which is like a solid, rigid encapsulation, which is what most people think of, I think, because of that Star Trek episode and other popular well, science fiction well, ideas. And, uh, there being a trapdoor on it, because remember? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, and then there's a Dyson Swarm. <laughs> which is um, this idea of you putting, you know, thousands or, you know, millions possibly, depending on the size of the star, of, of uh, orbiting power transmitting satellites with like solar panels and stuff on them. And it achieves the same thing, but the idea is that it's less resource intensive because you're yeah, building but, this massive yeah, solid well, rigid structure. Space junk and you uh, hit a Kessler syndrome, right? Right. Um, but yeah, so I'm, I'm at the point where I can start creating my first Dyson Swarm and build like a fusion power generator um, and a couple other things. It, it, I mean, it, it gets sprawling and, and massive and, you know, messy. My first two planets are just like Spaghetti Factory Express. I've gotten, I, I've been getting better logistics network stuff. And I'm going to at some point have to rework my entire network because I don't have the warp drive, so I can't fly to the next star system yet. So I gotta gotta rework things to make it more efficient. But I, I mean, it's great. It's it's a great game. Um, you know, they continue to improve the the core mechanics and slowly but surely add other neat things to the game. Um, big fan. I'm a big fan. I after I talked about it last time. Several people who listened to the show bought it. I don't know if that was based on my recommendation. I would assume so. Um, and, you know, if if you have been on the fence about it, you know, you're listening. If you didn't buy it, you've been on the fence. Or, you know, you did buy it, but you haven't played it in a while because you kind of do the same thing I do. Like, you'll play a game and then you'll wait and come back to it. Uh, certainly a good time to play it again. It's good. Real good. Uh, it needs Steam cloud saves. That's that's probably the biggest feature it doesn't have. Especially if you play on more than one system like you. Yes. Um, the, 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 I guess you could say, excuse that I've heard is that the save files get, like, ginormous. Um, and that's that might be true. But huh? Valve could afford uh, hosting that. Yeah, I was going to say, that might be true, but one, Valve can afford it, and two, I don't think that's an excuse in current year argument year you know like i just i don't think that that's a valid reason to not have cloud safe data in year of our lord 2021 you know fix it figure out how to compress those files or something like fucking no man's sky has got cloud saves fucking save files can get ginormous there too with all the shit that you explore and people create and you know, compression. Yeah, but, they, yeah but they've also but they've also spent a lot of time polishing that turd. True. Still, no excuse. I don't accept it as an excuse. What did uh, you play, Rach? So, uh, I played Next Space Rebels. This came out on Game Pass a few weeks ago, and just with timing of everything, didn't really get to talk about it all that much. Uh, I know I talked to you to you about it, but I don't think I've talked about it on the show, and it's. So, yeah, Uh, it it, it has this weird, weird thing going on about it. So Next Space Rebels 
you are in charge of a YouTube channel, or sorry, a StarTube channel. See what they did there? Right. And you've started up this hobby of launching rockets, well, model rockets, essentially. And this game makes me feel old. All right? Not in the fact that it's rocketry and, you know, it's tough. It's how the pro progression runs, in that everything is based off of challenges. All right? So uh, it, we've both obviously played the Kerbal Space Program, and we're used to the idea that uh, there are certain milestones that you must accomplish to unlock more stuff, you know, get down a tech tree, that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. This, it's all YouTube challenges. And somebody will message you saying, uh, you should take uh, my sister's teddy bear and launch it uh, 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 into, uh, well, into orbit, sarcasm quotes, uh, and give you uh, a part that you can download, which, yeah, you get some weird shit where um, uh, you're downloading parts, but then you're building them physically. It's just, it, right? Is it like 3D printing? Is that the idea? <laughs> No, they don't even uh, uh, try to address it. They just, at one point, they say, wait, how am I downloading this? And then uh, actually using the part, and they just it's pretty much say, don't worry about it. So. I see. Uh, so you start racking up all these challenges that you have to do, and they are fiddly as hell. So uh, a good example of this is comparing this to Kerbal Space Program. They're... Uh, in the late beta or early after Kerbal Space Program launched, uh, they include essentially kind of a system in the game where if you uh, do certain things, it gives you a certain amount of uh, science points to be able to unlock stuff. Right. And one of them was uh, uh, altitude milestones and yeah, orbiting, that sort of thing. Well, this, they have the same sort of thing, uh, but they're uh, essentially missions. They, ca they call everything challenges because they try to be hip, cool, hip, uh, you know, uh, kids. And a lot of it just kind of comes across of, how you do, fellow kids? So in order to unlock more complexity, you have to do these challenges. And some, uh, like the height challenges, it's like, go over 90 meters, but not above 100 meters. Because, right? Right. Or build a rocket using only one engine uh, with this so much weight. And it feels a lot like there's only like one or two ways to do it. And a lot of the creativity of this type of game is just kind of lost on it. And then you start to get into the social aspect of it. So uh, because it's a StarTube channel, you're dealing with social interaction and social media. And it is tedious. And they try to do a lot of social commentary about, uh, you know, these giant companies controlling everything. Never mind the fact that this is published by Humble Bundle, which is owned by Ziff Data Davis, which is a tech holding company. So it's just, right? Yeah. And I actually looked into the endings of it. I didn't watch a video of it, but essentially there's two primary endings where you'll uh, get kicked off StarTube and go to this alternative to basically reign anarchy and or then or if you don't do that you're a corporate sellout. It's just really, right? Yeah. 
That seems really strange. Yeah, it, it's just... Part of it might just be the fact that I'm old, you know? Maybe yeah. I'm old. Yeah, yeah, this is almost certainly winning the oh, Maybe I'm Old uh, award this year for me, because a lot of it is just tied to these weird-ass challenges that, you know, some random schmuck online says, well, you should build a rocket out of all wooden parts and, uh, yeah, uh, do that. Why? All right? Yeah. Well, well because, I, because I said it would be a challenge. I'm challenging you. Uh, 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 go do your goddamn challenge. And, 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 and another part of it is that just irritates me about this game is the physics system. All right? So all the rockets are built in 2D. Okay? And you could see this, you know, all over the store page, you know. Uh, um, do, 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 uh, the e, like, middle screenshots are all about, you know, how the rockets are built uh, in this 2D plane. Uh, but then they're launched in 3D, and there's some weird interaction when it comes down to the, how parts come together and when they're built that... It could lead to some oddities, and there's a lot of times that I would fail a challenge, restart it, uh, go back to launch, and launch the vehicle again. It, it would behave completely differently, and I'm not sure if there's like some chaos going on between the parts because there's a lot of part clipping because you know it's all built on a 2D plane, and then kind of just all the parts kind of swoosh together, yeah, or what. But it, it feels like how. Uh, before, and I keep making the uh, comparisons to Kerbal Space Program, and it's really the best kind of comparison, because the original Simple Rockets, it was in 2D as well, but it didn't allow all the part overlapping and clipping that Kerbal kind of did. Yeah. Which reminds me, I do need to go look at Simple Rockets 2 again. Uh, it's been a while, but that's beside the point. Uh, but, uh, remember how Kerbal would uh, occasionally just have, you know, a lot of like jitter and uh, stuttering of the rocket just because the the physics engine wasn't quite sure of how to deal with all the overlapping parts and uh, stuff. Yeah. It feels like it does it with this game, but they kind of obfuscate it because you're just so far away because unless unless the rocket goes over a certain threshold, you're just sitting on the ground looking at essentially a model rocket flying off into the distance. If you go over, I think it's one kilometer you're able to zoom in. If you go over 10 kilometers, you could go to a onboard, you know, Apollo-style looking down at, uh, on the Earth as, it, you know, your rocket zooms away. And it might just be the fact that, you know, you're so far away, and even when you're on the ground, you're still fairly far away from the craft that all the little jittering and chaos that the that the craft in, uh, encounters just obfuscated. Yeah. And there's some challenges that are very precise like build a rocket out of junk and then launch it into a uh, a dumpster well first of all where's the dumpster you gotta build the rocket once and then yo figure out what the orientation the rocket's going in because yeah right and then you start trying to just fiddle with it and there's no uh, editing of parts all right there's no, you know, adjusting the amount of fuel. It's always full fuel on your boosters, which are essentially, uh, you essentially use like solid rocket boosters for most of the 
damn game, it seems like. And they don't even introduce liquid fuel until a good ways. And even then, you have no real control over it until you get like a pump that it's just essentially a turbo pump and just, you know, just pushing fuel out faster. It's not, you know, any throttle control. Yeah. It's a model rocket game, essentially. It's a model rocket game wrapped in uh, bullshit, annoying social media and a kind of honestly preachy as hell narrative that feels like, you know, maybe if I was half my age, I would think, oh, wow, this is cool and deep, but and really saying a lot about my about the current generation and, you know, and, and the problems of, of uh, media and stuff. But to me, it's just ugh. Get off my lawn, you crazy kids. Yeah, get the fuck off my lawn and take your uh, terribly constructed junk rocket uh, with you. Or maybe they could just go blow themselves up. I, I right. actually removed this from my wish list. It was just... Ugh. Fair enough. And on top of that, uh, some of the videos that they have on the store page actually pops up during the gameplay. So yeah, you're sitting there on a five-minute cutscene... Uh, that you could technically skip, but eh. you know, it's kind of the entire point of the game to, to, uh, to have this little bit of story of just kind of overacting. Yeah. Or, or t- uh, honestly, TikTok rejects. Yeah. You know, uh, let's make a, a rocket out of a wheelbarrow because why the hell not? Right. And honestly, some really, 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 really bad uh, special effects. Yeah. The rocket is flying, and you know, and, and it's a yeah, you know, like like a blender model <laughs> superimposed over the video. It looks it like looks uh, kind of janky. It, it, it look it looks like uh, a special effect from like the nineteen fifties. It, it's just you know, short of you know, it, it's basically the modern equivalent of a model just kind of dangling in front of the camera. Yeah, it's just uh, there's honestly. <laughs> There's honestly not a lot of redeeming things I could say about this game. It does some interesting things with rocket design, and if you want to have a more interesting set of uh, stuff to build rockets out of, you know, you're good to go on that. But the thing is that they even lock a, a creative mode behind you know finishing the damn story, and I ended up on a uh, kind of a dead end on progression because. Uh, I did not unlock this one specific engine because I didn't talk to this one person uh, enough to you know get them to give me a, 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 a sorry to let me download a solid rocket booster. However, the hell that works. So you I couldn't download hit, a car. So I couldn't hit the milestone I needed to progress the story until I essentially just kind of you know, brute forced it. You know, eventually, as you upload videos uh, and tag them, you. Uh, you get subscribers and, and after a certain milestone, you start to get uh, ad revenue. Yeah. Uh, and you know, the, the further milestones you get, the better chunk of ad revenue you get. So uh, essentially I just started spamming videos of, you know, uh, the same thing over and over again uh, to get uh, the stuff needed to progress on. But then I, after I, was able to unlock the shop, I went back and was able to uh, kind of force that one challenge just by 
basically having the rocket kind of fall over just enough that it would hit the altitude challenge without going over the other one. And then it gave mm-hmm. me another rocket engine and started talking about how, well, maybe someday you'll get uh, you know, to the silver alkylade to be able to start making avenue. I'm just sitting here thinking, bitch, I'm gold. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm, al- I'm already making ad revenue. What are you talking about? And maybe it's just that. You know, maybe it's just the fact that there's better games out there. I'm, I'm right, there's a lot better uh, space games. So, yeah. And they just tried to tie some sort of weird social narrative to this. Like they have this big war with junkers and recyclers. Uh, uh, or sorry, scrappers, and those are using renewable parts, see, wooden rockets. Right. And saying that uh, the scrappers are hurting the environment by, you know, uh, somehow. Yeah. Uh, they don't even really make a good, compelling argument on that one. They just they just say, well, the scrappers are hurting the environment. We're using completely renewable uh, 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 energy and uh, you know, renewable parts and and we're uh, so uh, green and good, and, and they're not. They're using metal. They're, they're using evil metal and digging up uh, trash to uh, to do their stuff. It's just, and I think that's kind of the kind of the crux of everything is that everything feels a little half baked. The, the physics engine feels half baked. Uh, the design could have worked a little bit better if uh, it wasn't you know a lot of part clipping, honestly. Uh, the social media aspect honestly could have uh, died in a fire for all I care. So, yeah, I, it makes me want to go play Simple Rockets if I wanted a 2D rocket game. Yeah. I, I'd be very pissed off if I bought this game. Well, thank for you. You played it through Game Pass. Yeah. All right. Well, the other game I played this week that I am feel willing and capable to talk about is um, Railroads Online. So I mentioned this game about a month ago. Uh, I, I had been checking out to make sure it was playable so that I could get it for my kid as a Christmas present. And I played it a smidgen, but then I was going to put it down. Um, and I've been playing it with my kid. And uh, he found out. <laughs> yeah, I gave it. So we had our uh, we had small family Christmas on Saturday because, mm. you know, we're going to visit my in-laws for actual Christmas and we'll visit my parents afterwards. And so there will be, you know, loud bustling holiday stuff and we're like you know what let's just do like something nice and quiet so he got this and he was excited about it i had uh, scheduled a gift to be sent to him um and so it was it was timed pretty pretty close when he actually saw that he had the game because like he looks at the card he's like what what's this why do i have a picture of this train it's like oh buddy that game he was excited so um some of the things that I talked about last time were like the physics engine being pretty solid. Um, you know, the game has a lack of tool tips. The map is abysmal, you know, a few other positives and negatives. Um, some of those things have already been fixed even within the last month. The, the map is still a mess and needs a lot of work so that you can either like see the things that you're building or be able to toggle through different layers or something. You know, just but just being able to actually use the map for more than like, okay, am I headed in the right general direction to get to the next, you know, industry or whatever? So that needs something. Um, but otherwise, I haven't seen any new major issues. Um, the game 
continues to be good at what it's trying to do, like a sort of a light train sim experience, something more in depth than an arcade game, but not as in depth as, you know, train simulator, whatever, you know, but, um, you know, it's, it's, you're, you're in first person, you're wandering around as a conductor, you know, or at least, you know, visually dressed as a conductor in the mid to late 1800s, you know, and you chopping down trees and you building routes for your train to, to make deliveries and do cool stuff. Um, but yeah, they've, they've added tool tips. Um, they've added a little bit more to the, you know, the big tutorial dump you get to try to be more helpful. That could still use some pretty serious work, but, um, playing it multiplayer is good. Um, it does seem to have desync issues, unfortunately, kind of on the regular, which is frustrating, um, especially when you're, you know, you're playing with someone who's seven and like, you can't explain like, well, buddy, you know, they're having these seem to be having these, these issues. And we just have to wait. He doesn't do good with the waiting. But it is understandable enough that with just uh, some minor intervention, I was able to teach my son how to play, um, despite the fact that this game is pretty complicated and complex. Um, and we've been having a good time. Get stuff done a lot faster when you've got a partner who, you know, who helps. Um, but there, there's sort of a... They, they did tweak the economy, so before you had to pay to chop down trees and everything else was free. And now they've kind of flip flopped. You can chop down as many trees as you want for free. But in order to, um, uh, you know, get trains and other rolling stock and uh, a couple other items, like you have to pay for those with with the cash that you earn from doing, uh, you know, deliveries of of goods and services. Um, Driving fit or train driving physics holds up. Even in multiplayer, there is like this thing where that it seems much easier to uncouple your train in multiplayer, like by accident, like if you take a curve a little too fast and it's too sharp or, um, you know, you're uh, something get, you know, gets stuck or whatever. And so the train will come uncoupled. That's that's frustrating, but it's not the end of the world. It doesn't happen unless you haven't done a good job designing your tracks, at least that I've seen so far. So. There's a, a bit of a loop, as far as I can tell, set up like, you know, you get raw logs or, you know, raw lumber and have them turn into cut lumber and then deliver that to another factory and deliver that factory's goods to another and so on and so forth until you are disposing of the trade goods by taking them to the edge of the map and, um, or, you know, quote unquote, selling them. But anyways, it's good. It's a lot of fun. Um, I've started a single player world to learn a few extra things and show them to my kid and keep expanding but we've been having a good time i uh two thumbs up can't you know look forward to seeing the continued development of this game adding more trains and more stuff to do fucking fixing the map <laughs> that bothers me so much and King 2 was like, Daddy, where am I? Like, I got the map pulled up and like, I see where my dot is, but I don't I don't see you. And it's like, well, the map doesn't show us each other or our train tracks. What was this made by turn and 10 studios? <laughs> might might be might have been. So it's a good game. Multiplayer so far seems top notch. Yeah, yeah, I will say you can play in a server with up to 32 people. I think four people. <laughs> Honestly, is an ideal number for this game. 
you know, four people seems like the the sweet spot for what you could be doing. But anyways, yeah, good game. Um, which that brings us to our first topic of the night, our first news topic, um, which are the game awards. Yeah, yeah, I'm to pad out the show with another award show. <laughs> right. Uh, did you watch it this year? No, I didn't watch it. I just did. I just didn't care. I, I watched it later on at 1.5 speed. <laughs> uh, it just it, it feels like it's slipping back to where the uh, the VGAs were, you know, uh, on Spike. Yeah, uh, it's not quite there yet, but there's a lot of game tangent stuff, you know, uh, uh, showing the Sonic movie, for example, um, doing a l- lot more musical pieces now. They had Imagine Dragons doing a uh, medley of Supergiant game uh, music because it was their 10-year anniversary. And it went from uh, 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 Bastion, you know, uh, uh, Dig Your Hole. Remember that song from Bastion? Yeah, I do. Uh, 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 to generic Imagine Dragons song in about 30 seconds. Uh, with a little bit of medley of other super giant songs, right? It's just, and that's honestly kind of the game awards uh, over the years uh, in general. It's just, yeah, you know, first very game focused, and then more and more like pop culture just creeping in and kind of you know losing the focus of it all. Yeah, and, and don't get me wrong. I don't really care for Imagine Dragons and find them uh, very overplayed and uh, very annoying. Oh, wait, uh, you're, you're not getting me wrong on that one, are you? <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, there was no Shikhydrobot, and the Game Awards will never be as good as they could be without the Shikhydrobot. He's so, still my one true love. So how do we want to tackle this? Because they hit all the big things at the top. Do you want to just go down to the bottom of the list and work our way back up? Uh, we can do that. Let me scroll down to the bottom of the list. Which would be stuff like a most anticipated game. <laughs> yeah. So, so, yeah. Most anticipated game. It says yeah. recognizing an announced game that has demonstrably illustrated poten- the potential to push the gaming medium forward. Also known as the hype machine. So Starfield, the sequel to Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, also known as Breath of the Wild 2 or whatever right yeah horizon forbidden west god of war ragnarok and elden ring yep which and elden ring it. was the winner and they won it last year too they actually pointed out that they won it last year so right in all fairness i hear lots of people that i know you know irl talk about elden ring as something they're excited for so good for them i guess yeah but to be fair um uh, yo, this is attached to George R. R. Martin, so you know the fact that it's uh, being delayed and uh, you know anticipated but never coming out. Very on point. Sounds familiar. Yeah, very on brand. <laughs> uh, do you want to tackle the next one? Yeah, best esport team. I think that one's pretty self-explanatory. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Yep. I don't. I don't know. Here they are: Sentinels, Valorant. I guess that's the the team and the game. Uh, team Spirit for Dota Two, Natus Vincere for Counter Strike Go, DWG Kia League of Legends, 
and Atlanta Phase for Call of Duty. And the winner was Natus Vincier for Counter-Strike Go. Good, good for them for being the yeah, best yeah, esports uh, team, I guess. Yeah, congrats. Uh, and then they went on to do esports game. And th- they did the same thing that they did the last few years. That uh, uh, I don't think it was in this particular one. But there was a couple awards that somebody would be accepting an award. And they'll go, oh, by the way, they also win this award. And, you know, name off one or two others, right? Yeah. I don't think it was this one, but you know, a, a very, this is also a very tangential one. So, best esports. Uh, do we just want to skip all the esports stuff because they they listed this off rapid fire as well? We can. It's, it's esports athlete, esports coach, esports event, esports game. <laughs> yep. I don't. I don't know anything about esports. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they did say League of Legends was the best esports game, which okay, I guess. Whatever, right? Yeah. I don't even recognize Valorant. Uh, I've heard of Valorant. Haven't played it. Don't really know much about it. Not in touch with the U's these days on the games that they play. Uh, well, it's a Riot game, but uh, we'll just skip all the esports stuff to cut this down a bit. Uh, okay. Content creator of the year, I guess, is next up. Because honestly, a lot of these are, yo, coach of the year. No idea who that is. Athlete yep. of the year. No idea. <laughs> well, for this one, I don't know who any of these people are. Uh, do you want to skip this one? Uh, I don't know. Maybe somebody listening knows who these content, so content creators creator are. Content creator of the year for streamer or content creator. You made the most important positive impact on the community in 2021. Dream, Fusel, Grilluz, Abia, and the Greffy. The Greff. The Greff. Uh, dream won it because congrats, I guess. They dream big. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is a, a very much a yo, damn, I'm old <laughs> section, yeah. right? Cause, For sure. Because I've heard of some of the esports events, but that's it. This is very outside my wheelhouse. So, best multiplayer game? Yep. Best multiplayer game. Uh, nominees Back for Blood. It takes two, Knockout City, Monster Hunter Rise, New World, and Valheim. And the winner was New it World takes was two. on here, right? Though, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it takes two. Uh, uh, from everything I've seen, uh, is very uh, deserving of this. Back for Blood had its issues. Knockout City actually, it's not bad. Uh, I played a little bit of it. Um, Monster Hunter Rise uh, is supposedly really good. And right, yeah. So, best sim strategy game. Yep. Um. Uh. This is uh either real time or turn based or strategy gameplay. Right. So, Age of Empires Four, Evil Genius, World Domination, Human Kind, Inscription, or Microsoft Flight Simulator. I mean, <laughs> get really different on that one, huh? Yeah. Uh, it does feel like those should be two very different uh, categories, doesn't it? For what? Turn-based versus real uh, uh, No, I was going to say simulator to, and strategy. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because Microsoft Flight Simulator, which I, I guess I had another release this year, because, right? Like a big DLC or something? Because it was uh, last year, too, wasn't it? Yeah, 2020 was when it released. So maybe because it w- came out on consoles by Game Pass? Maybe. 
Uh, but anyway, uh, Age of Empires 4 won it. <laughs> I mean, there was honestly a lot of competition on that one, I don't think. Yeah. I don't really recognize the description, but that's uh, more horror roguelite. It looks very much... Um, uh, damn it, now I'm blanking on the game. Uh, uh, the uh, roguelite where you're basically fighting against death. Uh, but uh, as a card draw, uh, card, uh, deck builder, I'm not sure. Hand of Fate. Oh, okay. Yeah, it looks a lot like Hand of Fate, actually, only a little bit more stylized. Maybe Took Hand of Fate was a big inspiration for it. Yeah, possibly. Evil Genius. I've heard interesting things about, but I haven't gotten a chance to play it yet. It just came out on Game Pass. Humankind. Yeah. It had a lot of hype going into it, but then kind of fizzled. So, you want to take the next one? Yeah, best sports slash racing game. Uh, F1 2021, FIFA 22, Hot Wheels Unleashed, Forza Horizon 5, and Riders Republic. And uh, Forza Horizon 5 was the winner. Yeah, this is an interesting one. I, I mean, I kind of want to take FIFA and F1 out of this completely, just because, right? Yeah, Hot Wheels, it, it's kind of this internet darling that came out of really nowhere. I think everybody kind of wrote it off as a kind of a junk tying game. But it's actually done fairly well. Uh, Riders Republic, it's, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it feels weird to declare Forza Horizon 5 the winner because the game has only been out for like a month. Yeah, I mean, when that this... does mean it's out, you know, like so. Yeah, I mean, the other option, I, I mean... Riders Republic, uh, when did it come out? It came out in October, so it's actually been out longer than I thought it was. Uh, but it's basically, yeah, steep, only with uh, more extreme sports. Yeah. I forgot, I completely forgot that Riders Republic was out. It, it, it was interesting looking, but at the same time, yeah, Ubisoft game, and right? Right. Uh, but with how with some of the issues that Horizon Five has been having, yeah, you know, it's just it, it feels kind of a hollow victory, doesn't it? Yeah, who knows though? But, Maybe Horizon Five really is the best out of the lineup. I'm not sure about that one. I kind of want to give it to Hot Wheels Unleashed just because of everything I've seen about it. Even though it does have some progression issues, but then again, so does Forza. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's Game Club talk. So, best family game. So, appropriate for family play, irrespective of genre or platform. So, uh, it takes two. Mario Party Superstars. <laughs> right? Mario Party, right? Yeah. Uh, new Pokemon Snap. Super Mario 3D World plus Bowser's Fury. Or WarriorWare Get It Together. It takes two, one. And I, I definitely uh, support that one. I do, too. I mean, Pokemon Snap... I, I was I thought that was a single player only experience unless they added something to it. It is, except for our online leaderboards. So, I mean, I guess yeah, a collaborative experience, but you know, just only one person in control. Mario yeah. Party as a family game, oh boy, right? <laughs> Mario Party is a great family game as long as you've got a family who can play games together and not get pissed off. Warrior, where I've actually been playing that the last few days. I'll talk about it more in depth later on. And it does have a kind of a col uh, collaborative uh, multiplayer. Uh, but there's a, uh, it, it doesn't feel like it 
is as good a fit as it takes two or even I mean Super Mario Brothers uh, uh, 3D World that that has more of a multiplayer focus. Yeah. So it just kind of it honestly feels a lot of times like there's one or two really strong choices and then the rest is kind of filler. Like best fighting game. <laughs> right. Uh yeah, so best fighting game. Uh Demon Slayer, Guilty Gear Strive, Melty Blood, Nickelodeon All-Star Brawl, and Virtual Fighter Five. And they gave it to Guilty Gear. Yeah, this wasn't a very strong year for fighting games, was it? No. Although I'm not in touch with the fighting game, you know, scene, so I don't, well, I know there I don't was know which a years are good bit, or not. I know there was a little bit of hype ahead of Nickelodeon All Star Brawl, and that released, and there was just a oh, <laughs> yeah. It, it's basically Nickelodeon's take on uh, Super Smash Brothers, only done shadily, you know, with not a lot of personality put into it, which is kind of a eh. yeah. So, uh, best RPG. RPG. Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> Boo. No. Uh, you may want to fast forward for a few minutes. <laughs> right. As well, I just gut laugh, right? Uh, but remember, tw- uh, Cyberpunk will eventually be a very good game. Eh? Eventually. Uh, yeah, in 2077. Maybe. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise. Scarlet Nexus. Shin Megami Tensin Five and Tales of Arise, which uh, took the uh, award. Which I, mean, I have not heard of of Tales of Arise. Uh, just seeing what platform it's on. Uh, I mean it's on Steam, so there is that. Yeah, it just didn't stand out, right? No, I, and I think it's just because it honestly. This is going to sound uh, kind of backhanded uh, because it's, uh, you know, the award winner. It just feels kind of almost Final Fantasy-ish, almost to a fault. Just look at the screenshots, you know? Yeah. Uh, it doesn't feel I... like it has its own voice. And no. That might, or it might just be the fact that, you know, it is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm just looking at screenshots. I'm not looking at it in uh, action, but there's also... So much DLC on it. I mean, holy shit. Yeah. There is $150 worth of DLC here. No shit. That's a pretty big offender. Not the worst, but pretty big. Along with uh, several, it looks like, uh, content skips. Or, you know, skill-ups. Hang on, let me just double-check this. I love that. Make your game so bad and boring that you need to pay to skip the grind. Yeah, pay... Three bucks to uh, instantly get ten levels for your entire party once you claim it. Right? Yeah. All right. Moving on. The best action adventure game. They had Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, Metroid Dread, Ratchet and Clank A Rift Apart, Resident Evil Village, and Psychonauts 2. Um, I mean, the, the winner was Metroid Dread. I mean, big surprise, right? Yeah, that was this year's sort of darling. For, you know. Yeah, this one. Uh, or this genre. Uh, it's a little disappointing that Psychonauts didn't get any nods as far as I could recall. 
because I was rather impressed with that game. Yeah. Uh, that's taking anything away from Metroid Dread, uh, because from everything I've heard, it's done very well, as has Ratchet and uh, Clank. I mean, Resident Evil, you know, it's Resident Evil, right? Yeah. And I kind of wrote off Guardians of the Galaxy in general just because of, you know, Avengers, which is probably unfair to it, but right? I have heard that Guardians of the Galaxy is much better than Avengers, both from a couple of people. That's a low bar. And then just general, generally speaking, because they made it its own game as opposed to making it like, you know, uh, a weird looter shooter treadmill grindy thing. Like it's its own story mode with good characters and game mechanics. But anyways, yeah, I wish Ratchet and Clank would have won. Certainly Metroid Dread like seems like a, a winner and I'm not a po- like upset with that choice. But looking, you know, over the list, Ratchet and Clank A Rift Apart, I think, deserved more recognition for being a good game. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's kind of my feeling for a lot of these. That, I mean, it's one thing to get nominated, but also, you know, without that win, right? Yeah. Uh, speaking of, uh, best action game. Back Woo. for Blood, uh, Chivalry 2, Deathloop, Far Cry 6. <laughs> Right, and Returnal, which yeah. uh, took the prize. Returnal, it's a PlayStation exclusive, so I know nothing about it. Returnal is the one that's a roguelite, right? A roguelike third-person shooter, and like you're on an alien world or something, and it had yeah, the glitch like that you couldn't save and quit in the middle of a run. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I have had good things about it, or have heard rather good things about it, but I haven't played it so. I have no formed opinion. Yeah, it looks like people are also calling it a bullet hell game, which, right? Yeah. I mean, honestly, this is another one that Chivalry 2, don't, I haven't heard a lot about. Deathloop, I've heard a lot of people begrudge that game for some mechanical things, particularly it promises a lot more of an open experience, but... In order to actually beat the game, it closes you into a very closed set of uh, parameters, which kind of betrays you know, what it is. Far Cry is, well, it's Far Cry. And Back for Blood, it had some wonky stuff going on with single player. So, right? Yeah. This next category, though, I'm, I'm happy to see. Uh, innovation in Accessibility. Yeah, uh, this one was uh, highlight a bit more of what they were doing uh, for each individual game uh, on the stream. I, I can't recall what... I think Far Cry 6 was uh, some color options. I, I, I'll take this one since it. I remember a little bit of it. Uh, for our, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, I think, also had uh, a lot more like uh, color correction options and color... Uh, uh, customization for enemies and such. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Forza Horizon Five it has a uh, it, the the big one they highlighted. Is it even in the game yet? Is it it's, the sign language one? Yeah, it's the sign language one. Uh, but also the fact that there's uh, uh, more accessibility through drive assists than there was in the previous game. I don't recall Ratchet and Clank. I think it was also color assist. Uh, a lot of these were like color assists and that sort of thing. Yeah, Ratchet and, and Clank had color assist as well as some that were designed to help people with, um, like you know, QTEs. And the, and the veil 
was a sound only game, if I recall correctly. It uh, no visuals at all, and it was all just uh, playing through uh, via spatial sound. Yeah, which honestly, uh, I, mean, I, think- I would have given that one uh, immediately. But uh, Forza Horizon Five won because, of course, right? Yeah, well, I mean, I think Forza Horizon Five is is a good good pick. I mean, Microsoft has done so much over the last few years. Yeah, yeah, I will, I will admit that one. And the game has got tons of accessibility features built in at this point for things like speech to text and uh, different ways you can tweak the game, and it doesn't like you know ruin achievements or whatever for you. Um, like you know, going so far as to like changing the game speed slower to give yourself more time. It's it's nice. I I really like to see all that stuff. I think it's good. I just find uh, the veil fascinating. It is an audio only experience. Uh, this is from the uh, Steam page. Close your eyes, become a warrior, feel your enemies' uh, rasping breath, a foot shifts uh, in the st- uh, swampy ground, the crack of steel on wooden shield. The Veil is an audio-based action game that sets out to breathe new life into medieval combat and fantasy narrative. Damn, well, right? There you go. Hype. You don't need your. You don't need a hype man. You got this. <laughs> Hyping up your own stuff. All right. Next category. Uh. Best VR slash AR game. Hitman <laughs> 3. I Expect You to Die 2. Lone Echo 2. Resident Evil 4. And Sniper Elite VR. With Resident Evil 4 winning. Yeah, I really don't know a lot of these. I saw the first I Expect You to Die, and I didn't realize they even did a sequel. That yeah. was kind of the James Bond bomb uh, death trap simulator. It's one of those games that I wish I had a VR setup because, you know, it looked very interesting. It's basically kind of mixing uh, spies with uh, keep talking uh, uh, and nobody explodes. But, yeah, I don't I don't play VR or AR. I can't speak to any of the... I mean, I want to be... I mean, I think, I think all these were VR but... games. I don't think there was any AR in it. Uh, yeah, not that I know either. Unless there's like an alternate AR mode or something. But, you know, I can't really speak to which one perhaps might have deserved a win more. Haven't played any of them in VR. Um, in fact, I, don't, I haven't played any of these games in any way. So moving right along to best community support. <laughs> right. Please do. Please move along. Uh, so Apex Legends Escape Destiny 2 Beyond the Light. Because, you know, removing a third of your game is community support, it seems. Uh, Final Fantasy 14 Online, Fortnite, and No Man's Sky desperately fixing the game, right? And yeah. with uh, Final Fantasy 14 winning, and from everything I've heard, well deserving. Yeah, another big, you know, increase, overhauled a few things. Um, I mean, it's another case of, you know, uh, releasing a game that was broken, but uh, actually, you know, making a, an, ex- an exceptional experience out of it. And yeah. actually tying it into the lore instead of, you know, trying to pretend, no, 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 no we uh, didn't release a broken game. Yeah. And since I took over one from you, I'll continue on with best mobile game. Okay. We're, we're, we're moving right, right along. Uh, Fantashin, uh, Genshin Impact, League of Legends, Marvel Future Revolution, and Pokemon Unite. With Genshin Impact winning that one. Yeah. 
I know so many people who play Genshin Impact nonstop. I, I've played it a bit, but I fell off of it. I've still never played it. It it's actually a, a pretty good kind of like it, it's kind of transcended its original idea of a knockoff Breath of the Wild. Now yeah. it does have its issues with you know, gotcha mechanics. Which is kind of what you know, eventually just turned me off on it. Right. Uh, however, it's not as pushed as some of the other uh, uh, games I've played with them. So it's one of those that if you could stomach it, uh, then it's not that bad. And they do give enough free draws that it doesn't feel as egregious. Yeah. I know. I know it's not that cancerous. It's only a little cancerous, right? But so, uh, yeah, yeah. So best debut indie game. Uh, yeah, this is indie games from new indie studios. Yeah. So Kina, Kenna, Bridge of Spirits, Sable, The Artful Escape, Forgotten City, and Valheim. With the winner being Kenna, Bridge of Spirits. Yeah, which. I had no interaction with because it was on the Epic Game Store and speaking of cancer. Yeah. So, um, winner, Keenan Bridge of Spirits. I haven't, I haven't heard of this game. I haven't heard of the studio to my knowledge. Um, but yeah. The one I, I really, uh, I, only two I've really heard of was The Forgotten City because that popped up in a discovery queue and it looked interesting, but also it could be, you know, cumbersome. An artful escape when it popped up on uh, Game Pass, but never got a chance to playing it. Yeah. And then we go right to best indie game uh, 12 Minutes, Death Door, Kenna, Bridge of Spirits, Inscription, and Loop Hero, with Kenna winning this one as well. Well, I mean, you know, good for them. I mean, you d didn't seem too enthused with 12 Minutes. No, 12 Minutes was an interesting concept and idea. That they, they botched the execution on. And Death Door was... Why does that look familiar? Oh, uh, it's from the developer of Titan Souls. They have a very particular art style that kind of stands out. Not terrible looking, but at the same time, it, it looks kind of derivative of, of Titan Souls. Inscription, what, that's the PlayStation exclusive in Loop Hero. That Loop Hero, uh, I've heard a uh, just as of late, a lot of people really jumping on. It's kind of this weird reverse tower defense uh, thing going on. And, uh, it, it, uh, a lot of people have kind of failed to really describe it all that well, which makes me intrigued by it. And it's also a Devolver game, which they tend to do weird shit. Yeah. One of the things they are known for. Weirdness. Weird mm -hmm. shit. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't have anything to, to say. Yeah. So moving right along. Yes. Best, we only got a few more to go, actually. Best ongoing game. Uh, Apex Legend, Call of Duty Warzone, Final Fantasy 14, Fortnite, and Genshin. Um, with the winner being Final Fantasy 14. I mean, hard to argue that one, right? No. I uh, think... and, unless you're a zoomer and uh, screaming about Fortnite losing. Yeah. Uh, but they should get off my damn lawn. 
And uh, then on uh, this article, they have a tease for the Wonder Woman reveal that showed absolutely nothing because, right? Right. Uh, uh, that, that, that was another thing I noticed that a lot of uh, the trailers for this time around was just uh, showed absolutely nothing of what was going on. And just, well, that's, eh. that's better than some things they could have sent, so yeah. I'll take them. Yeah. yeah. It could have been worse. Imagine Dragons could have played another song. <laughs> oh. I'm glad Final uh, Fantasy fourteen won it. Yeah, but... so Games for Impact, uh, a thought-provoking game with pro-social meaning or message. Before Your Eyes, Boyfriend Dungeon, Chicory, A Colorful Tale, Life is Strange, True Colors, and No Longer Home, with uh, Life is Strange taking it. Yeah. I mean, I mean, pretty much Life is Strange is kind of uh, the darling of uh, this category every time it comes up, huh? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, it's good um, to see Chicory getting a nod, though. Uh, that popped up uh, during one of the Steam, uh, you know, demo-a-thons. Uh, no longer home, I think, also, uh, I've seen pop up before as an interesting take on things. Although yeah. it has some very mixed reviews. And didn't really know about Boyfriend Dungeon. But that seems uh, just the... the, the that first screenshot that's like all, all of you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you date your weapons, all, uh, romance swords, daggers, and pole arms to level them up in this hack and slash dungeon crawling adventure. Yeah. You would, you would date a sword. I definitely would date a sword. All right. Uh, sorry, I got a little sidetracked there. Um, what's, what's next? Best performance? Yeah, best performance. Uh, uh, no, voice over acting. As in voice over acting. Uh, voice hyphen over. This right. is why you're not a voice a over ch- actor. <laughs> right? Yeah, because I don't overact. But I'm. Arika Ireka Mori for Esposito for Far Cry 6. That's the I think that's the guy playing the, the bad guy. Um, Gus Fring. <laughs> um, anyways, Jason E. Kelly in Deathloop. Maggie Robertson and Resident Evil 5, or sorry, Resident Evil Village. Um, and she's the one who played uh, Big Titty Vampire Mommy. And then Ozioma Akaga for Deathloop. Um, and the winner was Maggie Robertson for Big Titty Goth Vampire Mommy. And I mean, like, of course, of course she's going to win. You know, I mean, I, I do think, like, I've watched plenty of, of you know, the YouTubes on, uh, you know, her character that she played and she did do a good job, but I think, you know, whenever you capture the internet like that, like you have to win, you know, win your popularity contest. Yeah. So where was Steve Bloom? <laughs> or, <laughs> all right. Yeah. Or Troy Baker or Nolan North. Maybe we've moved on from the era of Troy Baker and Nolan North winning everything. That would be nice. Let's see. Is Nolan North dead? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't think so. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm mostly joking, <laughs> right? Right. Now I'm just seeing if he actually was anything in anything this year, and does it actually look like it? At least game wise, maybe. Uh, oh, uh, he was in Pacific Rim this last year, so uh, a cartoon, so or yeah. animation. So, but okay. let's just put it this way: you go to his video game section section, and it's just yeah. Uh, several games uh, in the t- 
in you know, like the early 2010s, her year. Just, there was a reason why Saints Row made that joke. Right? Yeah. He didn't do anything in 2021. That's weird. His last one was Fortnite Battle Royale as Tony Stark. Yeah. Was, yeah, I guess, right. So, speaking of audio, audio design, uh, <laughs> recognizing uh, in-game audio and sound design, Deathloop, Forza Horizon 5, Ratchet and Clank, A Rift Apart, Resident Evil uh, Village, Big Stompy uh, Vampire Titty Lady, and Returnal, with yeah. uh, Forza Horizon 5 winning that one. Which they did do a lot of uh, redo on their audio design, so right yeah well, and obviously it wasn't yeah aside for soundtrack like this is about more than yeah. just soundtrack yeah this is this is specifically not soundtrack this is everything but soundtrack because that, that would be best score in music right all right i was leaning right. in, into it right sorry uh cyberpunk okay so the games that they suggested or that they uh nominated <laughs> cyberpunk 2077 oh, a suggestion just cyberpunk <laughs> Deathloop, near replicant version 1.22, and I'll leave it at that. No, it's uh, 1.22474487139. Right, so version 1.22. Uh, <laughs> Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy and The Artful Escape, with the winner being near replicant. Um, I have not played the near games. I want to. They look good. But they do have excellent music, an excellent atmospheric soundtrack. Um, yeah, and I didn't realize it got a re-release this year because that's what that is. Is it's a or a sequel or uh, uh, no? It's a prequel actually. So that makes sense now, huh? Yeah. Well, it's yeah. I kind of didn't pay attention to it. Me either. Um, lots of people like near though. So, anyways. Uh, yeah. So next, best art direction. Uh, nominees Deathloop, Hina, Bridge of Spirits, Psychonauts 2, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, The Artful Escape. Winner, Deathloop. Yeah, that one's a damn shame that Artful Escape or Psychonauts didn't win that one. Yeah, Psychonauts. Cause... I mean, I mean, honestly, Ratchet and Clank had excellent art direction as well. I mean, honestly, everything that I've looked at Deathloop, it it doesn't really scream that to me, you know? Yeah, it screams, you know, designed by committee. Mm -hmm. But, all right, uh, next up for you. Best yeah, narrative. best narrative. Outstanding storytelling and narrative development in games, supposedly. Uh, Deathloop. <laughs> uh, allegedly, sorry. It takes two. Life is Strange, True Colors, Marvel's Gardens of the Galaxy, and Psychonauts 2, with Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy taking that one. Yeah. I'm sure, I guess. I mean, they do the thing that they do in the movies a lot, with sort of a, a wacky, um, you know, sort of unreliable narrative, like, storytelling aspects, and, you know, some sort of third-person telling of, of the story, and Guardians of the Galaxy, its story itself is, like, wacky and out there, because it's, like, a weird outer space story, like, I get it. I get it. Oh, I don't. <laughs> so moving right along. So best game direction. Oh boy, right? Yep. Uh, cr outstanding creative vision and innovation in game direction and design. Deathloop, It Takes Two, Returnal, 
Psychonauts 2 and Ratchet Clank a rift apart with Deathloop taking this one. Which, considering what I said before, how it basically turns uh, its promise of an open experience and a lot of choice on its head, and uh, the end of it's basically, eh, right? Yeah. Yeah, I, I strongly disagree with this one. I honestly, uh, well, what you've said, Ratchet and Clank, uh, Psychonauts 2 once again. Uh, it takes two, though, I think has to be it for me. Right. Fair enough. Which brings us to Game of the Year. Woo! We're almost done. Woo! Um, nominees. Deathloop. It takes two. Metroid Dread. Psychonauts 2. Ratchet and Clank. Rift Apart. Resident Evil Village. Winner being It Takes Two. Yeah, which suck it, take two. Yeah, fuck off, take two. I mean, it does feel weird that they lose on so many uh, categories and then take game of the year, right? Which it might just be the judges saying, well, we don't want to give all the categories to this one game again because uh, wasn't the first game awards they got a lot of flack for Mario Odyssey getting a lot? Uh, yes, I believe you're correct. It was either Mario Odyssey or it was Mario Odyssey coming up constantly. And they tried to diversify it a bit more, but it just then feels a little weird that it loses out on Indie Game of the Year. It loses out on Game Direction. It takes Game of the Year, right? Yeah. Although, you know, it got nominated for a bunch of stuff, and maybe it wasn't yeah. the best in that category, but overall, you know. But yeah, it takes two. So, so yeah, now we'll have to play that one at some point, huh? Yeah. Play it together. Well, kind of the point of it, right? Yeah. Fair play. I actually, um, I kind of have to play it together. But the Game Awards were, from everything I gathered, a mess this year. Just because they're, you know, celebrating all of these. Oh, sort of out of one side of their mouth being like, yes, we condemn abuse in the industri industry. And then on oh, the other side it, of their mouth. No, 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 no. It was hilarious. The, the very first thing they did was come out and say how we are against the uh, uh, abuse in the industry. Uh, set up a hotline for people to anonymously uh, call in to report abuse. And then immediately bring in a voice actor to a, a presenter award that is tied to Ubisoft. I mean, literally the very next thing they did, right? Yeah. Which I know the voice actor isn't accused of anything. However, they're there because they worked on a Ubisoft title. Yeah. And fuck Ubisoft. I mean, I had a good old laugh at that one. It, it, that's one of those things that they should have took a break from, you know? They should have had some sort of pause, you know? Yeah. But nope. Uh, or maybe that's the entire point of, you know, draw attention to that, you know? Yeah. But that feels like it's a little bit too on the nose for it to yeah. not be, you know, for him to do it accidentally that, or, or to do that on purpose. It feels. More like, oh, this was really tone deaf. Yeah. I mean, I do applaud them for drawing attention to it, but then they, it's like, okay, well, enough of that. Uh, time to go uh, suck Ubisoft's dick. <laughs> right, as one does. All right, time to go to the Cosby suite. Time to ignore all the problems. Time to do the next topic, um, which is <laughs> oh, huge shift. <laughs> right. Yeah, Keanu Reeves on players modding Cyberpunk 2077 to have sex with him 
It's always nice when it's nice. Yeah, so this popped up as part of uh, a Q&A session. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, it was uh, uh, just kind of a general thing. Uh, there was a lot of Matrix uh, uh, stuff in this article or this interview as well. But then somebody, uh, this person had to ask about the cyberpunk stuff. And he did say that he hadn't actually played the game, which, uh, you know, don't blame him. Not the fact that, you know, cyberpunk. But also, I would imagine it would be weird to be playing a game and have you talking to you, right? Yeah. Yeah, and his character is a big part of that story, so it's not even you know can you know can kind of ignore of a side character. It's you know Keanu Reeves being Keanu Reeves to Keanu Reeves, right? But he was into it. Yeah, yeah, he was in there in an interview with Carrie Ann Moss, which for anyone who doesn't know is uh, she played Trinity in the Matrix trilogy. I mean, she has done other things. She's a prolific actress with a broad and and long history career um but i I would say the matrix is one of if not her most well-known work to people um the matrix trilogy so but anyway she's in there in this interview with keanu reeves and keanu is talking and the guy's asking like questions the interviewer and she's like nope 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 i'm out i don't want anything she she doped out of that one quick didn't she there's a video on uh, the link that it's like two minutes long, and it's well worth it. <laughs> yeah. And he starts going off on this tangent of VR sex with a suit made in Sweden or Germany and just yeah, uh, your arousal right. metrics. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, I think he's right, honestly. Like, I, I get that in this interview, he's kind of coming off the cuff and probably being a little bit silly, you know, but... I bet he's right. I would I would bet good money on the fact that he's right. Uh, that the exactly. porn industry is going to go he- heavy into VR and uh, how it'll be essentially digital prostitution and you don't even have to be there. Yes. Yes, indeed. But <laughs> I don't know how much there really is to add on top of that. It, it was more was just about funny. <laughs> yeah. Talking about virtual- and, and we kind of needed it. Yeah. And Keanu was into virtual sex. Uh, uh, to the point that he seemed honestly disappointed that uh, uh, CD Projekt Red was shooting down people making sex mods with Keanu Reeves. He seemed honestly disappointed that they were stopping that. I mean, Keanu Reeves is an awesome dude from everything I've ever seen with an open mind and who likes just, like, to let people, like, be free and do what they want as long as they're not, um, you know, hurting anybody else. Sort of that, you know, that life philosophy which a lot of times i can agree with but you know he's just laid back and chill and apparently interested in online vr sex stuff yeah i think he's ready for the stuff from ready player one yeah which i also am ready for that stuff that stuff would be kick-ass yeah except for the sequel of the book right that 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 was yeah bad times bad times Right. Glad I, glad I borrowed that book and didn't buy it. So moving forward to Community Corner, we've got two topics as a part of our Community Corner this week. Um, before we talk yeah, about... Yeah, there was... Uh, well, there was one. Now there's two more in there, by the way. So yeah. Community Corner, we're going to have plenty for... Next well, time. Yeah, next time. Not next week, but we'll get into that uh, later on. Yeah. 
But Rach, how can people send us stuff in Community Corner? And then we'll or talk. you could send it to us at, at uh, podcast at gmail.com. You drop it uh, in the Twitter at VGL Podcast on, well, said Twitter. Or you could go over to vglpodcast.podbean.com and find a link to the Discord, which Jim and Cube has done. Woo! Um, yeah, so the first one uh, is kind of a, a conglomeration of several things. Um, so it's got kind yeah. of a generic title. But the title, Ro- Roblox, is a mess part two. So it's a, it's a part two, because if, if you guys remember this from... I don't know, weeks, months ago. I don't remember the exact timeline. Roblox was in the news for, you know, for, let's see if I can remember. Well, well, there was an investigative journalist that uh, dug into Roblox. And then it spun a bunch of articles off that. Well, he's popped up again. Uh, And Roblox basically went after him, uh, trying to pressure him to pull down the video. Yeah. So... He did some more investigating, because that's what investigative journalists do. And found some things that he missed, and found that the rabbit hole goes so much darker and deeper. Yeah. Uh, And that's what spawned these other two articles, which is kind of a a generalization without the half-hour video, but but, but the video is directly linked in both. So... He goes into the black market aspect of it because the way that Roblox does the demod or the devox, uh, basically, when you cash out, you have to have a thousand dollars worth of uh, Robux instead of, uh, you know, like ten bucks where most other places require. Right. You know, uh, putting a, a, an extremely high bar for, so that people will be, well, I'm never going to get that much money. I'll just spend what I get uh, uh, in the ecosystem. Because uh, the if you don't recall, it's very, very, very close to a pyramid scheme. Yeah. Uh, where you have to spend money in order to have them promote your stuff and uh, buy into so much stuff to be able to try to you know, make money by pl- by having your games promoted and it's just there's no way to organically do it because they only promote so many yeah it doesn't quite totally fit the multi-level marketing uh plan of becoming a pyramid scheme but oh, it's getting close have, yeah it really seems to have plenty of things that are uh shady at best so uh there's a thriving black market uh, going on that they've uh, pretty much just ignored and have kind of, uh, it's become an open secret. Yeah. Where, it, uh, like I said, in order to cash out, you have to have a thousand bucks, but they only give you $350 worth of, uh, you know, your currency. And the rest is a fee for, uh, yeah, right? Well, yeah. the black market sites that is kind of this open secret that they don't really try to close down or deal with are just shady as hell as you might expect with a lot of just scams and uh, junk going on and it's pretty much vital to the industry in a lot of places a lot of the big developers use those instead of trying to go through the actual legitimate sources because you get so much more money and you hook up with people selling your collect- their collectibles, which is another aspect that he completely missed of the cash shop. 
which yeah. is basically the Steam marketplace, only like a hundred times worse. Uh, Steam got a, a bit of uh, uh, hot water whenever they released their marketplace to do trading of uh, in-game stuff. And this is so much worse in that they actively try to generate these th this false sense of scarcity. It's basically like the Steam marketplace beats Nintendo's uh, uh, market ideals. Where yeah. they'll release so many of a limited item at a set price, and once it's gone, it's gone. But you could trade it on the up and marketplace, and maybe it'll go up in value, maybe it won't. And it's just, oof. It's basically, uh, yeah, toddler's first, uh, uh, yeah, uh, Wall Street bets. Yeah, and it, and it really sucks because, I mean, the sort of the cry for all of these, you know, exploitative things in games is, but think of the children. And while certainly adults can enjoy Roblox and there are more adult-oriented games, both in terms of complexity that have been created and also content, like explicit content, Roblox, by and large, is, is enjoyed by children. I mean, my kid plays Roblox. He plays Roblox almost every day, you know, um, for at least a little while. It's something, lots of games he can jump in and play for a quick amount of time before, you know, going to school in the morning or whatever. And I make sure to be involved and steer him very clear of any of this crap. Yeah, I don't... And, I'm, and there's a lot of it, isn't there? Oh, yes. So many games. On, on, you know, essentially just casinos. Yes. And my kid is constantly like, oh, can I spend my allowance on this for Roblox? Can I spend my allowance on that for a Ro Roblox? And we've had to have numerous conversations about, like, look, buddy, typically, you know, your allowance is money you can spend on whatever you want. But I promise, like, I know you don't understand, but I promise that Roblox is not a safe place for you to spend your money. Like, so no, we're not, we're not going to do that. Because I don't try, I like, I pay, you know, I pay attention and I don't trust mm -hmm. any of this stuff. I mean, technically, I don't really trust any game developer or, um, you know, platform or distributor. I was Keanu Reeves. <laughs> well, I would trust Keanu Reeves with my life. But, uh, you know, not, not Roblox or, you know, Steam or anything else for that matter. Valve, you know, but. Yeah, especially I don't trust Roblox. Especially since this is also obfuscated through their own currency. So you're not even spending your dollar amount. You're spending, you know, the Roblox, which has yep. this dissociation of actual currency. Never mind the fact that, you know, uh, you're also having to cash into uh, their other ecosystems or uh, pay to promote your stuff, assuming that, you know, you're uh, some sort of content creator, which also gets into the whole idea of them wanting to push more mature content and also building up companies inside their ecosystem. Yep. Which has been exploitive of children to <laughs> develop their games. Yeah. Uh, and that was an entire another section of this video was how this one kid was basically pushed out of a game that he helped create and had a market share in. Uh, because they formed a company and basically cut his uh, percentage uh, of profits down to a salary and said, basically, if you don't work yourself to death, uh, 
doing business practices that would make the Japanese go, hold up. You're uh, just going to lose more and more of your salary. Yeah. And the way that the communities are set up is that if you rock the boat, you're considered a troublemaker and you get branded as that and you're not going to get other opportunities to, you know, ironically enough, work on other games, right? Yeah. Uh, so this kid just ended up quitting uh, out and just giving up on a game that he'd been working on. And then there was another girl that was essentially getting sexted at by this uh, cre- uh, creepy 20-something. Yeah. Mind you, she was 12, and he knew about it. Yep, the process of grooming, which for anyone who doesn't know, grooming is a very disgusting psychologically manipulative practice where typically, not always, but typically an older person manipulates a younger person into forming feelings for them and being suggestive, typically for the purposes of sex, but oh, also can be used for other exploitative you know, psychological... Oh, some of the text messages that were shared uh, suggestive uh, is not what I would use. Uh, he come out and saying you know, I want to violate you so hard. Yeah. I mean, damn, right? Yeah. And you know what? Two consenting adults, <clears throat> you know, rock on with your bad, dirty self, you know? You get as nasty as you want if you're two consenting adults, but the, if if someone is not able to or or does just does not consent, and, and a, a minor cannot consent, you know? I mean, two minors, I guess, with each other, that's one thing. Like, two 13-year-olds is different than a fucking 20-something and a, a 12 or 13-year-old, you know? like Yeah, I think the video said when it started, he was 22 or 23, and she was 12, so 10 years uh, age difference. Yeah. Uh, into, you know, very uh, much a minor. And then, after a couple years of her just kind of putting up with it, nothing really happening, just but constant harassment. Her friends uh, encouraged her to speak out about it. And of course, you know, how, care to guess how that went down? Probably not too good for her. Oh, definitely not good. Uh, because he was the head of a company that uh, she was uh, uh, helping with uh, for a chunk of the profits, because of course, and uh, she basically got forced out and branded as uh, an attention seeker. Yep. And everybody rallying around uh, this guy. And Roblox uh, banned him in sarcasm quotes, but not before he transferred the ownership of the game to another account that he made. And so he's still in control of the damn thing. And on all the stuff on it, he still is listed as the owner of it, but they ignored that. It's just, oh, what the hell? Yeah. I mean, people who are popular and who make money for you know a platform like this and for a group of people because uh you know all the people are rallying around him and saying that yeah she's lying or hey what he did was wrong but he's not a pedophile right right and and then you and then you have the flip side of it where somebody else that isn't in the middle of this you know uh cheer squad getting just harassed because uh, they're working for this person that they may not even know what's going on, but right. They work in this company. Yeah. It's, it's just 
bad all around. Yep. And unfortunately, I wish I could say that this was like a weird thing, but it's pretty uh, way too normal for this to happen for that, you know, because because major platforms, you, your YouTubes, your Twitches, Roblox with its own weird insular platform creation and like so on and so forth, like will protect the people who are popular and or make them money. And so, you know, they won't dish out appropriate consequences and. Uh, or, or if anything, they uh, hurt the pe- the wrong people. Yeah. Which sounds wrong when I put it that way, but like this one kid that, uh, uh, you know, had lightning strike that got a very popular game, uh, got hacked uh, after he bought a bunch of cosmetics with his Robux because he was, you know, tw- was 12 and had several thousand dollars worth of Robux and didn't want to cash out and lose it all because you're losing a bunch of money just to cash out. Because, right? I mean, we said it was what? You get one third of the money ish? Yeah, something like that. Uh, so he wanted to try to gamble on the cosmetic market, then got uh, somebody to, uh, to basically send him a virus to uh, steal his stuff. But because the game saw it was his account that sold it and then gave away the money, uh, the customer support said, no, you're, you're, uh, that was a, a legal transaction. Your account sold it. And yeah. was given the runaround until it was, uh, quote unquote, too late. It was uh, too far in the past, and the uh, transaction's finalized now, and we can't roll it back. I guess, right? <sighs> yeah. Uh, this just feels scummy all around, this company. And uh, the journalist, uh, they didn't want to do an interview with Roblox, which, honestly, with how they've been acting, can't blame them. So they were sent a bunch of questions to do a Q&A and uh, completely ignored them and sent them a bunch of marketing bullet points because, right? Yeah, because of course. Yeah, and mind you, this company, uh, at the uh, end of the video, they highlighted it's bigger than Nintendo in in, uh, valuation now. It is crazy. And... Honestly, for me, it's been kind of off the radar until the first video that they put out about it. Because I completely ignored Roblox. I saw it pop up a couple times and thought, huh, well, that looks like a shittier version of Minecraft and just wrote it off. Didn't think about it at all. Right. Well, lots of lots of people did not. Yeah, obviously. But it's also really big on the mobile uh, market, it seems. And it's just, um, oof. Yeah. I'm a little less... I guess you could say upset about everything that that has happened, you know, transpired and we're talking about, but I also deal with this on a much more regular basis. I guess, it, my... I guess it also kind of hit home where, yeah, listen to uh, this. Well, was 12 year old and now like, uh, yeah, mid teens uh, and hearing the hurt in her voice about, you know, her friends turning against her. Yeah. And being outcast from a community that she helped build for ages because uh, she was uh, being harassed. Right. She was a squeaky wheel. Mm-hmm. She sure she became a squeaky wheel. Instead of getting grease, she got a band hammer. Pretty much. So to speak. Um, yeah. All right. You ready to talk about Activision again? Yeah. Uh, let's uh, knock this other one out real quick. Yep. Activision union busting question mark. I mean, this yes. one is uh, this one's such a 
fan line because they released a well uh, the twitter on here it has a link to the letter that they released basically saying uh yeah there'll be consequences but because they never said any definitive consequences or didn't call it out they're in the letter of the law but not the spirit of the law if it makes it, it makes any sense yeah that <laughs> there's a provision that uh, at least the way I took Hodge Law, which is the video that Cubes shared, of uh, they have the right to defend themselves, but they also have to have uh, you know this process go on unhindered, and yeah. uh, saying that there'll be consequences to this and trying to talk people out of it is. Not a hindrance, it's them protecting themselves. Yeah. And, and that's because that... they they didn't uh, give a specific thing of if you do if you vote for this uh, uh, union, this will happen, or we will uh, do this to you. yeah, it's it's the whole thing of like, well, we didn't like we don't have a specific policy. We didn't, you know, hold a gun to their head, but it like ignores the power that they have, the power dynamics at play, and is like, well, okay, I guess that, like, your sort of, like, suggestive tone and sort of idle-ish threats, like, you know, we shouldn't, like, take those seriously at all. Like, we should just keep operating the same, you know, and you're you're telling me that my consequences will be my own. Like, nah, nah, dog. But legally, like, you can't do anything about that. Like, you can't, like... You know, like, it would be great if we could, say, take Activision to court over these, you know, union, very, in my opinion, very clear union busting, union, union busting attempts, you know, can't do anything about that because technically they're not doing anything wrong. Yeah, like I said, if I understood Hodge Law correctly, which is a very real chance that I'm misunderstood, but basically it's kind of towing the line of, uh, they're just within the their legal rights, and uh, part of uh, something that would have been illegal is if uh, they were holding back like promotions uh, because of this. Now, if there was something that they could prove that this was a not uh, this was pre-planned before the union was uh, uh, up to a vote, or the it was well known that it was uh, uh, an open subject then it's legal. Because, right? Yeah. Uh, there, there's such a slap on the wrist for even overt union busting. I mean, the whole thing about Amazon recently, w uh, with their vote, uh, actively uh, uh, discouraging people from even casting the ballot, and yeah. then uh, fudging with it. The the whole thing was, uh, you know, do another vote, but... Then you know you get people discouraged and like, well, I'm not even gonna bother, right? Yeah, it's like, well, my, you know, whatever, it doesn't matter. Like, it's not gonna make a difference. You know, people, people feel that way. But yeah, the the United States in particular, like capitalism as a whole, but especially the United States, just hates the idea of worker or workforce power via you know a union or other type of organized means. Like, just hates well, it. Well, it's not just that. It's uh, There's been an entire generation brought up about 
being taught that unions are against them somehow. Yeah, right? I was I was raised and taught in school. Like I remember in my school textbooks, like talking badly about unions. Mm-hmm. And then being taught, you know, unions like, oh, they don't do anything. They take a portion of your paycheck for your dues. Like, that's it. They don't do anything. And it wasn't until I was an adult that I realized how good unions are and how crucial they are to ensuring, um, you know, as fair and level a play field as possible between an employee and an employer. And there's just, well, it ties into the whole idea of the education system in the United States being just co-opted by politics yeah the education system at best is failing us and at worst is working as intended yeah uh there was a story uh coming out of south dakota have you heard about the teacher one no i don't think okay so Uh, so there was a big event and a hockey game i believe it was uh for a few teachers to get extra funds for their classroom Oh, that thing with the money and like the grab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they threw out a a few thousand dollars worth of uh, bills and had them scrambling on a mat in the middle of a hockey rink uh, to fund uh, their classrooms. Yeah. I mean, just that's some dystopian bullshit. (laughs) uh, At worst, just discouraging. Yeah. Get on your knees and and grovel for your money for our amusement. Although, the comments on Reddit, where I originally saw it, uh, did have uh, one that just made me chuckle. So, yeah. uh, what's next? Are the uh, special needs kids going to uh, have a battle royale to see who gets an aid? Quite possibly. And then the response, ha, as if there's an aid available. That's cute. <laughs> as if we even have an aid to fight over. Oh. Yeah. Well, uh, suddenly, Roblox seems like this sunny. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Sub- uh, submission, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, there's uh, other Activision Blizzard news too since the last time we, you know, we recorded. Like, this is what we had been given, but there is a chance that other states in, you know, in the U.S., other states other than California could step in and force Activision to do some things. Like at the end of the day, right? The state has all the power. You know, they've got all the guns, right? Right? Like, it's it's just as simple as that. Like, the state has the power. And the United States government, state and federal, is very friendly to business because they, you know, they want that, you know, the, that money. The politicians want the, you know, to say that they're, you know, we're bringing jobs in and, like, all this stuff. But similarly, states oftentimes, as part of their uh, 401k, you know, their pension plans, will buy stocks and options for these companies. And Activision, and among others, Activision, EA, a couple others, um, oftentimes have stock that show up in pension plans for state uh, employees or, you know, large companies that, you know, buy into or, you know, get their pensions provided by the state, you know, state programs and stuff like that. And they're, I think it was like a dozen states. I don't remember. I'm pulling all of this just from memory from what happened in the past week, like some articles that I read in the past week about it. But, you know, th- these states can step in in the middle of this lawsuit and impose restrictions or impose, you know, regulation or, you know, be they temporary or permanent because 
they're the state and their money's tied up in it. And Activision is sort of willfully at this point, like putting effort in to hurting people and staying as shitty as possible. Like, I cannot believe that the board hasn't offered up Bobby Kotick like, oh, well, we'll kick him out as like a sacrifice. You know, uh, do you think he has something on them? Oh, a hundred percent. I think uh, he does. Do, do you think he has like photos of them on the Epstein Isle? Probably. Like I, I, you know, I, I don't know how much you're joking versus how how serious you're being, but uh, semi-serious. I, I 100% believe that that Bobby Kotick has got blackmail on them, because I just can't imagine any reason other than that why they haven't offered him up as a sacrificial lamb to stem or, the bleeding his, and look good. Or his contract is that good that to fire him would just be a huge chunk of money. Yeah. That's the other only other uh, scenario I imagine is that uh, his yo know, clauses to fire him uh, to oust him. It's just yo, know, it, it would uh, you know get the United States out of debt. Yeah, yeah. Well, but, I, th- uh, I think it's more amusing that yeah, uh, yeah. They were all partying on Epstein Island. Uh, Kotick took a few pictures and yeah. In in my head, it's that it's blackmail. But I suppose you're right. He could have an ironclad contract that to the, you know, the board, they're still like, well, getting rid of him is still going to be worse than keeping him around. So we're going to keep him. Yeah. Yeah. His golden parachute has a golden parachute. <laughs> right. And and it has a like a platinum trim on it. And he lands in a, just a pool of diamonds. Uh, blood diamonds, of course. Right. Of course. The best kind. The blood adds to the flavor of the diamonds course i mean why would you want uh any other type of diamond yeah Uh, you you need the suffering in order to enhance the value of them yeah you got me there suffering makes them better (laughs) oh so all right Uh, yeah so that's been the community corner thank you jim and cube uh, once again, if you wish to send us stuff, vglpodcast at gmail.com with your letters, voicemails, game-related topics. Dream to VGL Podcast on the Twitter, or drop by the Discord, which you can find over at vglpodcast.pondbead.com, which also has the RSS feed, links to all our other stuff. Or if you wish to share the love, you can find us on your podcatcher of choice. Our lovely, lovely patrons have made this possible. You can find out more at patreon.com slash Podcast. Our intro down to music is On the Ground by Kim McLeod. You've found his work over at incomputech.com. And as always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice, bye bye now. See you next time. Bye-bye.